Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the brand new Las Vegas Raiders. This is the Raiders Wire podcast powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Raiders Wire editor Marcus Mosher. It's one thing to, you know, come in here and after a loss and say, you know, we're built with the right stuff. We have a lot of character. We have a lot of good guys in the locker room. But it feels good to come out and, and really have some proof that we are. And so, uh, you know, all it means is we got to win next week. We put ourselves in a good chance to win next week, and uh, we're in the playoffs. And that's what, you know, we've all talked about. Um, since the beginning, just give us a chance in the dance. All right, Happy New Year, and welcome into the show, Week 18 of the regular season. First time we've ever said that. And mm-hmm. I think, Marcus, the Raiders coming off this big win over the Colts, they can kind of unofficially, I guess, say that they're hosting their first playoff game since moving to Las Vegas, right? Chargers come sure. to Allegiant Stadium. The winner will be in. The loser will likely be out. It's essentially a play-in game for the AFC playoffs in the first week of January, which is typically reserved for a wild card weekend, right? So how about that? Yeah, if I would have told you at the beginning of the year that your head coach would uh, essentially leave halfway through, your number one receiver would be released, you'd lead the NFL in penalty yards, but you'd have your first winning season since 2016 and a shot to go to the playoffs in week 18, you take it all day, right? Like, it's incredible where this team is at after so much adversity this season. Uh, but this is fun, right? We, we basically have a playoff game on Sunday night. And you, you were all over this, Marcus. You called this one. You thought the team was ready for the Colts. They kind of showed it. They kind of proved you right on that first drive going right down the field. You could just tell they were ready for it. What do you think this game says more about, the Raiders as a team that's getting hot at the right time and a sleeper or the Colts as like maybe like a fraudulent <laughs> team in the AFC? What do you think? Uh, I would love to say that this game said a lot about the Raiders and their toughness and all that kind of stuff, but to me, it's really just more about Carson Wentz. Like, my gosh, how can you ever trust that guy in a meaningful game? Because, listen, I, I'm rooting for the Raiders, and every single time that he drops back to throw, you feel like it's a win for Las Vegas, right? Because it means they're not just giving the ball to Jonathan Taylor, who was crushing them in this game. Uh, I, I, I actually think this has to say more about the Colts than the Raiders. It shouldn't have been as close as it was. The Colts took no. a 17-13 lead in the second half on a – just an awful decision by Carson Wentz. That, yeah, the, the yeah, ball hits uh, Casey yeah. Hayward in the hands. Come yeah. on. That was a terrible throw, and that ends up being a touchdown off the deflection. So when you really look at it, the Raiders controlled this ball game, and yep. I thought their best players came up huge. Hunter Renfro, this might have been my favorite Renfro game, Marcus, with the clutch catches, the 64 punt return yards. He was awesome. And then Derek Carr just doing his thing on the two-minute drive, that's Two out of the last three weeks, he's done it. And for some reason, you could say what you want about Derek Carr, and he's definitely inconsistent. He definitely has mm-hmm. these these moments where you're like, oh, no, Derek, what are you doing? Yep. But he also has these amazing moments. And when the ball's in his hands at the end of the game, I'm like, I'm feeling it. I'm like, man, I'm scared of the Raiders right now if I'm the Colts because they've come through in that spot. Yeah, they've done it all year, right? Derek Carr had two ugly, ugly interceptions in this game. Yes. But they put the ball in his hands twice at the end of this game, and he got points on both drives. So he, he just has a, a knack of making the big plays when they need him to. Uh, and it's why the Raiders have to feel really good about going into this Week 18 game, because if it's close at the end, Carr's probably going to pull it out. Now, another guy I was going to talk about was Nate Hobbs, who was all mm. over that third down swing pass to Naheem Hines that made the Colts you know, kick the game-tying field goal instead of potentially going in and scoring the game-winning touchdown. 
Uh, but Marcus, like 20 minutes before we came on here, right on, I'm looking at the timestamp. It's like 20 minutes ago on Raiders Wire. Mm-hmm. Nate Hobbs, DUI. So another situation for the Raiders here. Yeah, so right before we jumped on this podcast, Rich Passaccia said the team just found out. Uh, he was arrested early Monday morning. He was booked for a misdemeanor DUI. Uh, apparently, he was sleeping in his car uh, next to an exit ramp. Uh, and when they took him out of the car and had him do a sobriety test, he did not fare particularly well. Uh, so the Raiders are still learning about you know what's going on here. Um, this podcast will obviously be up later in the week, but um, we'll we'll see what happens with Hobbs because he's been so good for them this year out of the slot. He, if he's not able to go in week 18 for whatever reason, that would be a huge loss for the Raiders. Now, I like how you put that. The Raiders are still learning here. They're learning how to be just a, an, an organization that does the right thing. You know what I mean? Yep. They just, they're, they're still learning that thing. And we, gotta, we just got to keep rolling with the punches this year, Marcus, right? I mean, that's yes. kind of what it is. Yep. Uh, and can we, talk, can we talk about the, uh, the Raiders, what they need to do to get in the playoffs? Because I think this is kind of interesting. Yeah, go. All right. So they can get into the playoffs nice and easy. All they have to do is beat the Chargers. Now, if they lose to the Chargers and the, the Steelers lose another game, and the Colts lose to Jacksonville, they're in. It's worth mentioning that the, the Colts have not beat the Jaguars in Jacksonville since 2014. Frank Wright has never done it before. So don't don't be so sure that the Colts are just going to walk in there and, and roll in that game. However, Ryan, there's a really <laughs> interesting <laughs> Yeah, there's a really interesting situation. So if if the Colts do lose that game on early Sunday afternoon, it sets up this weird situation for the Raiders and Chargers where if the Raiders win and the Chargers lose, Raiders are in, Chargers are out. Same way, the opposite. However, if they both tie, both the Raiders and Chargers would be in the playoffs. Could we see a situation where both teams just kneel on the ball for 60 <laughs> minutes to get a tie uh, so that both the Raiders and Chargers make the playoffs? No, but that would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Now, the, the Jags have like... They have no one right now. They have like they their original death chart. It probably wasn't that good to start the year, and they literally have like half of their players. Well, hold on, Laquan Treadwell just went over fifty yards for the sixth straight game. I just want to mention yeah, that rising star, rising star, <laughs> uh, Treadwell. Uh, one question I want to ask you about Derek Carr, Marcus, is that you know he's taken some heat for ex- for not extending plays a lot, and he was pretty good outside of the pocket in this one, right? And he wasn't perfect, but yep. specifically on that touchdown pass to Renfro that counted. Um, that was a nice little play getting outside. And then on the last, on the game winning drive where they got the game winning field goal for Carlson, he was really getting outside the pocket, making plays. So, I mean, if, if Carr has been hearing the whispers that he's not doing enough outside the pocket, I think he showed something in this one. What's so frustrating about Carr is when he's forced to improvise more and hold onto the ball and throw it down the field. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. It's just, can they, can they get him to do that more consistently Kind of play off script more. Um, I don't know. But whenever he does it, he's really, really hard to stop. I, I wish that, you know, whether it's Rich Misachi and Greg Olson this year or the next head coach can kind of get more of that out of him because he's really good in that area of the game. Yeah, I have some more questions about Carr here coming up. And real quick, that Carter Renfro potential game winner where yeah. it looked like Renfro wasn't touched. He got up and ran in. It was an awesome play. Like, what a moment for the Raiders. But they go back, they overturn it. And that was a break for the Raiders, wasn't it? That reversal, it because Carlson is money, that reversal helped the Raiders win the game because the Colts would have had 48 seconds and I think all three timeouts. 
Yeah, it, that, that actually helped the Raiders because then they had the ball, I believe, at the 24-yard line. A couple of Josh Jacobs runs. You They spent the Colts' timeouts. You kicked the game-winning field goal. Yeah, not scoring a touchdown there for Hunter Renfro was actually beneficial to the Raiders. It's weird for them to be on the, the right side of some of those awkward and unusual plays. Yeah, we can't be upset, right? The Raiders are bringing nope. us all the way to the end of the season, week 18. We'll talk more about that matchup with the Chargers and whether uh, maybe they just play for the tie like in soccer, Marcus, right? We're just going to play for the tie. So we'll get into that. Also, more stuff on Derek Carr and some stuff on John Madden as well. We'll touch upon some of that stuff in our questions of the week right after this. This is the Typical Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. To week 18 of the fantasy football season, I'm Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com here to bring you strong plays in case you're still in the championship hunt. Quarterback Sam Darnold, Carolina Panthers at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Risky for sure, but he has some weapons left in the passing game, and the Buccaneers have given up plenty of fantasy points to the position in the 2021 season. Eight quarterbacks have gone over the 20-point mark, and while Darnold barely managed half of that in Week 16, he faces a Tampa defense for the second time that may take an opportunity to get a little healthier before the more important work begins. Running back Deontay Foreman, Tennessee Titans at Houston Texans. Foreman should be a fixture in lineups, provided Derrick Henry doesn't return. And he's still useful as a flex, even if Henry does come back. The Texans have given up the most fantasy points per game to running backs in the last five weeks, and the third most on the year. No team has permitted touchdowns at a higher frequency, and this is the number two matchup for rushing yards per game since we Week 12. Wide receiver Cyril Grayson, Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus Carolina Panthers. Thrust into increased playing time due to injury, among other predictable outcomes, Grayson has been explosive each and every time he's been granted a chance to show it. In Week 8 versus the New Orleans Saints, he housed his only target on a 50-yarder. In the past two games, he has 11 targets, turning them into 9 receptions for 162 yards and a score. Tom Brady will play in this one, and the bizarre ending to Antonio Brown's career as a Buccaneer opens the door for Grayson to see at least a half dozen targets versus a Carolina secondary that's banged up and has given up a ton of PPR points in recent weeks. Tight end Hunter Henry, New England Patriots at Miami Dolphins. In the last five weeks, Henry has scored twice, both coming in Week 15's 25.7 point outburst against an Indianapolis defense that struggles versus tight ends. He has no more than three catches for 37 yards in any of the other matchups in that time, and he managed just 31 yards on three grabs in Week 1 versus Miami. In fairness, that was his first game with New England, and it was quarterback Mac Jones' NFL debut. Miami has allowed two scores to the position in the last four games coming at the eighth highest frequency, and and this is the 10th best opponent to face for yards per game since week 12. The fun doesn't stop at the huddle. Be sure to check us out at thehuddle.com for more award-winning fantasy football tips, news, and advice. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. Typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right. So our questions of the week here for Marcus. And first of all, John Madden, right? That's some tough news Mm. for the the Raiders organization. And before I get to the question part of it, you know, the Raiders honoring Madden with the JM decals on each player's helmet. You have to figure they'll do something before their final home game in the season here, right? I mean, you know, people probably yeah. forget, you know, he, he's in the Hall of Fame as a coach and not as a broadcaster. It's because of how awesome he was as a coach with the Raiders. And you go through some of you know, what the team accomplished when Madden was the head coach. And it's kind of unbelievable how good the Raiders were. You kind of forget it was so long ago in the 70s. Right. 
but he was so good as a coach, and the Raiders were just a, a powerhouse. The Raiders were a powerhouse, and John Madden has one of the best winning percentages ever as a coach. He also was really, really young when he started coaching in the NFL, one of the youngest coaches ever, and it didn't matter. His offenses were always incredible. The defenses uh, were some of the hardest-hitting defenses we've ever seen in the NFL. Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of people are going to remember him for the announcing, the broadcasting, and the video game. But let's not forget, like, the reason he is in the Hall of Fame is because he's one of the best coaches we've ever seen in the NFL. Yeah, no, he's phenomenal and really narrated a lot of huge games in my childhood, made me really get into football. And obviously, the video game made me really into football mm. as a kid. And here's question number one for you, Marcus. It's a two-part question. Give me your favorite team and your favorite singular player of all time to queue up in Madden. Yeah, so I'll actually tell you the Madden. It's Madden 2004 with Michael Vick. It's the most unstoppable player in the history of the video game. Uh, the speed was ridiculous. You could run around all day and they wouldn't be able to tackle you in the pocket. Uh, I, I think that's my favorite player. My favorite team, 2020 Ravens were quite, quite a bit of fun with Lamar Jackson back there and some yep. of their weapons. Yep. But uh, I, I think I still would go the Chiefs in 2019, 2020. I also wrote down Mike Vick, Madden 04. Yep. I mean, there was nothing more fun than doing a 15-step drop and then taking off scrambling with Vick and yep. seeing how many rushing yards you could get. I mean, I also liked back then playing with LaDainian Tomlinson, but, uh, you know, Mike I, Vick. I, was, I mean, come on. I'll say this, uh, Ryan. When, when I used to play Madden with my friends in 2004, 2005, uh, we just made it a rule. You had to choose somebody besides the Falcons because it wasn't fair. Yeah. It, Vick was too good in those games. <laughs> it, was, it was ridiculous. And... This won't surprise you at all. My my favorite team, Madden 09, the Patriots. Uh, you know, Moss, I think Brady and Moss both had the 99 rating that yep. year. So they were yep. just, you could just throw it to Moss all day. You also had Wes Welker, Kevin Falk to play with. And uh, their defense was no slouch either. So, you know, you're not going to be surprised at all, Marcus, but <laughs> Madden 09 Patriots. It's a good that's, answer. That's where it's I was going. Answer. Question number two, Jim Harbaugh. He's always a trendy mm. name when you when you're in the market for a head coach if you're the Raiders, right, Marcus? There's some history there with Harbaugh and the Raiders. Uh, would you love it or hate it if Vegas could lure Harbaugh out of Michigan? Yeah, I kind of think that would be a good fit for the Raiders. We, we've seen Harbaugh be a super successful NFL coach before. Uh, we, we He's kind of the, for the lack of a better term, the adult in the room that the Raiders need, right? <laughs> That's a good they point. Just need, they need somebody that can give them some rep right around the league and that can help attract free agents and say, hey, come to the Raiders. We are a functional franchise, a functional organization, and it's because of Harbaugh. I, I think that would be one of the better hires that they could make. So you think that he is that, that presence in the room? Because he does seem yes. like – Jim Harbaugh sounds like, seems like a goofball sometimes to me, right, with like the Kmart khakis and all that. But you, yes. you do think like he can go in there and, and kind of right the ship a little bit. Well, and I mean, obviously Michigan didn't perform super well in the bowl game against Georgia, but – he got Michigan back to being in the playoffs, right? Okay. And being yeah. a, you know, a, a highly respected franchise. So I think we've seen him do it in the NFL with the 49ers before. I think he could do it in the NFL game with the Raiders. All right, question number three. I mentioned Derek Carr earlier. He's so good at times. Also, so bad at times, Marcus. I mean, he's like up and down. He's very inconsistent yeah. at best. We know his contract extension talks were tabled uh, during the season, right? So they're going to pick that up here in the offseason, I'm sure. But... You know, he's only under contract through 2022. If he can win this week and get into the playoffs, do you think that's enough for the team to commit to him long-term, or do you think they let this thing drag out a little bit as they settle on a new head coach and try to figure that thing out? Uh, 
It's a really good question. I think loaded I, question. Yeah, loaded question. I, I I truly feel like if they make the playoffs with Rich Passaccia, they bring everybody back. They bring Mayak back. They bring Carr back because it was such a weird season. Um, why not just let them have a, a regular kind of drama-free offseason, spend a bunch of money in free agency in the draft, and try this thing again next year? I I, I just I kind of think that's the direction they're going to go. And even even if they lose on Sunday and don't beat the Chargers. Going nine and eight really isn't all that bad considering all those things they had to go through. I kind of think that's what's going to happen. It's been a crazy, crazy year. And and as you know, I've never been a huge Derek Carr fan, but he's growing on me. I mean, when they when they gave him the big contract, what was it like? One hundred and twenty five million, seventy million guaranteed or something along those lines. I mean, I thought they were screwed. I didn't, I didn't think Derek Carr was very good back then, but he's grown on me. I if, and if I'm being honest, like I like Derek Carr. I, I think if you could just get a little bit more consistent. I'd be good with him, but I don't know if I'm rushing to give him an extension, Marcus. He's under contract. I I wouldn't mind keeping the band together and playing out 2022 and then making a decision and maybe letting him walk. Like, I don't know. I'm not ready to give up on him, but I'm not ready to extend him either. Yeah, but I also don't think you necessarily want to go into the 2022 season with a lame duck you know, quarterback. Yeah. And, and maybe that's not the case, but uh, you know, give him at least a year or two year extension. The thing is, uh, Ryan, I think there's going to be a lot of teams in the offseason this year that are looking for somebody of Derek Carr's stature, right? Like, (laughs) if the Browns had Derek Carr right now, are they a playoff team? I I think the answer is yes. If the Steelers had Derek Carr, are they a playoff team? I think the answer is yes. I think there's going to be a lot of teams like that this offseason just looking for, you know, somebody that doesn't cost quite as much as Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson I would love to have somebody like Derek Carr. So for that reason alone, I think the Raiders should bring him back. You think the Raiders could become a legit Super Bowl contender with this quarterback who's going into his 30s? Yes, yeah. I do. Yeah, Because I don't think they're that far away right now, right? There's a lot worse quarterbacks out there than Derek Carr, and we're not going to see one of them this week in Justin Herbert, right? Because he's a freaking stud. Raiders, Chargers, maybe the biggest game since the team moved to Las Vegas. I don't think there's anything, mm. uh, you know, I don't think that's overstating it. We'll get into that matchup here in the third segment right after this. This is the Typical Sportsbook Minute. Let's make this interesting. What's up? This is Jeff Clark from the Bet Slippin' Podcast presented by SportsbookWire.com. I'm here with my handicap and homie Nathan Beagle to break down this week's Sunday night football game between the Los Angeles Chargers and the Las Vegas Raiders. Our friends at Typico Sportsbook have the Chargers favored three and a half in Las Vegas. The total sitting at 49 and a half. I'm taking the three in the hook with the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are six and four against the spread as an underdog. The Chargers are four and six against the spread as a favorite. The Raiders may be getting tight end Darren Waller back. And I have this game as a pick em, So you give me the extra three and a half points with the home underdog and a must win. I'll take the Raiders. Nate, how do you see this game playing out? I'll also be taking the Raiders. The Chargers have the third worst rush defense in the NFL, and the Raiders have been forced feeding it to Josh Jacobs with at least 15 carries over his last three. Give me the Raiders three and a half. Allegiant will be rocking. That was your Typico Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, Raiders, Chargers, Marcus. I mean, it's week 18, right? This is typically wildcard weekend, and uh, this just feels like, like we said earlier, a play-in game 
for the Raiders. It's going to be sweet. It's going to be awesome. Should be a great atmosphere at Allegiant Stadium. The early line Raiders are going to be two and a half point underdogs at home. What's your leadoff thought on that? I don't like the Raiders here in this game. <laughs> it's really unfortunate because <laughs> we really liked in the last couple of weeks to win. This one's tough because Justin Herbert is just a freaking cyborg, right? Just, if, if a guy is open and he has time, he's going to, he's going to make the throw. And he carved their secondary up the last time they played. He had three touchdowns and really never made a bad throw in that entire game. I, I don't see anything changing. So I, I think I'm, I'm leaning with the chargers here. The first game, yes, Herbert was excellent. And the Chargers had 25 first downs, and the Raiders had 13. The Raiders couldn't do anything on offense in that game. I don't no. remember why, but they just could not do anything on offense. And the Raiders also got no help from the Denver Broncos, right? Because we were thinking, oh, maybe the Chargers could be in a difficult situation playoff-wise. Well, uh, the Chargers went out and beat down Denver, 34-13. Yeah. So no help at all there. And yeah, I guess, thanks, Vic Fangio. Yeah, thanks yeah. for laying and rolling over for us. We really appreciate it. And I've been, I've been, yeah, exactly. God, Denver. And I've been, I've been happy with uh, the Raiders' defense. But you know, if we're potentially missing a guy like Nate Hobbs, if we're, not, if we don't have all our personnel on defense against this quarterback, well, the Raiders might be screwed. I, I might have to agree with you, Marcus. The first meeting was twenty-eight fourteen. Yeah, and I just playing on a fast track like 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 the Raiders have. I think that actually it benefits the Chargers. I don't know. Unless Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe are just ter- you know, t- just having a huge game off the edge, I-, I don't envision them holding the Chargers under 30 points, and it's going to be awfully hard for the Raiders to score that. I mean, they haven't done that since Thanksgiving when they, they whooped my Cowboys. But th- this is an offense that's really been struggling. I-, I don't see them putting up that many points against the Chargers. All right, well, let's look. Let's look at something from the Raiders' side here. Maybe they could throw some curveballs. Maybe they could use more Marcus Mariota, right? So he got five yeah. plays in this Colts game. I went back because Marcus Mariota was more noticeable in this game than usual, right? It wasn't like coming in, get a, get a nice play, and then get the hell out. He was noticeable. I thought he brought some juice to the offense. Rushed it three times. He got two first downs. He had that kind of uh, that scream into the camera, the ah, and I was like, all right, Marcus Mariota, right? He's bringing the energy. He did throw a deep shot to Hunter Renfro. wasn't completed. And he handed the ball off to Jacob, so they're at least they at least got him out there for five snaps. I think I counted five plays. Correct me if I'm wrong, Marcus, but yep, yep. they had him rushing, they had him throwing, they had him handing it to Jacob, so it's not just him running. Maybe we throw some maybe if we're getting into a dire situation against the Chargers, we mix in more Mariota, we throw some curveballs at him. What do you think? Do you think this package should be expanded? I kind of think they should start the game out with a little bit. We know the Chargers are the worst run defense team in the NFL. Yes, yes. They're gonna be expecting the Raiders to throw all over them. With Darren Waller coming back, why not more two tight end sets and running some read option with Mariota? Not every play, but why not run it a couple times in the first drive just to see if the Chargers are ready for it, if they can stop it, because I do think he's really, really good in that situation. And we saw yesterday, like anytime they're in third and fourth and short, just give the ball to Mariota. He's really, really good at converting on quarterback sneaks and all that kind of stuff. I don't know what the right number is, 10, 15 plays for Mariota, but I think you can do enough things to, to scheme him touches. And I got a question for you, Ryan. Is is Mariota a starting quarterback next year for a team? Oh man, I think he's got a I think he's got a shot with some of the quarterback play we're seeing around the league. Could Mariota start in Denver? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You yes. know what I mean? So yeah, I I think so. I think he's shown enough. I think he has would you, we haven't seen would you rather give, enough though. Would you rather give Baker Mayfield twenty five, thirty million a year, or would you rather pay Mariota ten? I don't I don't think Baker's it. I think he's it. He just—he's not very good. He some of the throws he makes, man, are just 
so bad. He, he's making some Carson Wentz level throws. Just his decisions. It's you, like, what you are you just, doing? You put him in that Cleveland offense where they're just handing the ball off to Chubb and Hunt, and then you just keep it every once in a while to keep defenses honest. Why not? He can yeah. do that. Cleveland, Denver, I think those could all be spots for him. And you know what? I wanted to ask you, this is my fanboy question of the week that shows that shows that I don't know much about football and I just want to add, take your knowledge and learn something Marcus so when they bring in Marcus Mariota mm-hmm. they keep Derek Carr out wide why do they do that why, why does Derek Carr stay as a wide receiver when we know you don't have to cover Derek Carr he's not going to go out there and catch the ball but they they leave Derek Carr in the game when Marcus Mariota comes in why do teams do that when they bring in the two quarterback thing yeah I think it's a lot of times just to, to cause some confusion right We've seen before, you know, the Raiders run plays where the ball snapped to Mariota and they flip it back to get Derek Carr and he throws the ball down the field. Okay, It's at least just to keep defenses off. I, I agree with you, though. If it's third and short, Derek Carr probably doesn't need to be on the field, right? <laughs> I agree. Just, that's, that's why I'm just like... Bring, just bring another offensive lineman in there. Let's just muddy things up in the middle. But for the most part, it's just to create confusion and to, to get different packages on the field because they want to see how a defense reacts to it. Are they going to bring in another linebacker? Are they going to leave three corners out on the field? That's really more than what it is. Okay, that makes sense. All right, the the, uh, the total on this one's a little bit higher than we've seen in some Raiders games recently, Marcus. 48 and a half. What's your leadoff thought on that? I think I would take the over. The over. I, I do. The I, over. I, think, I think we're going to see a 30 to 23 type of game. I have to say, this is this is not a good sign for Raiders fans because you have had your finger on the pulse of this team for for a, a yeah. portion of the year, Marcus, and you're not you're not feeling this one. You're not feeling this one. I no, can tell. it's just Herbert is so good, man. And, and just and I'll be honest, part of me kind of wants to see Herbert in the playoffs too because I just think he gets in these big games and be a lot of fun. Uh, but I want to see the Raiders too because I really think they can compete with just about anybody in the conference outside of Kansas City, but. It just should be a fun one, Ryan. Yeah, they don't want any part of Kansas City. None no, of, none none of us do. None of us want to live that again. It's been a, it's those were long two games, but you know what? Good for the Raiders. They got off yeah. the mat. They easily could have just uh, you know went on to the golf course, Marcus, and said that this screw this season. This season's off the rails. But they've been fighting their way back, and they're in it. Week eighteen, first week of January, the Raiders are playing what's essentially a playoff game at home. Uh, I think they gave us a compelling season, Marcus. And uh, would this be the would this be the first team in NFL history to make the playoffs with an interim head coach? It's got to be right. That's, a, that's norm- a good one. Uh, Normally, when these interim guys come in, they'll win a game or two and they completely fall off. If the Raiders make the playoffs, it means they won four straight games to to make the tournament. That would be pretty cool. That would be man. So yes, yeah, so, I mean, how can you how can you not be pulling for the Raiders a little bit, man? Yep. It's it's. Uh, it's a fun time. Raiders, Chargers, hope fans enjoy it. We've appreciated you guys sticking with us all season long, and we'll be back to either talk playoffs, Marcus, next week or wrap it up. All right, that's yep. where we're at. So uh, we'll see what happens. Enjoy the game, and we'll catch you all next week. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.